Thank you for tuning into the Shortwave Theater Festival on CFRC 101.9 FM. We hope you enjoyed the play we just aired. Coming up next, we present the Shortwave Theater Festival Talkback Series, hosted by Mo Horner and Chris Laurie. These talks feature some of the artists involved in the Shortwave Theater Festival talking about their process around creating original radio dramas. Read more about the artists at shortwavetheater.com, and without further ado, please enjoy the talkback. Hello again, and welcome to another iteration of the Shortwave Radio Theater Festival Talkbacks. I am joined by some of the cast and creative of Sarah M. Taj's trilogy yet. Maybe it will be more than a trilogy, but the Jabberwockies and the listeners. So I'm joined here by Billy and Becky. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having us. It's good to be here. <laughs> good to be here. Good to be back since both of you are also involved in another show, but I want to get started. I want to ask you both to introduce yourselves briefly. So maybe if you could tell me uh, your name, maybe your kind of experience in theater and performing arts in Kingston, and then also your role on the show. So we'll start with uh, Becky. You can go. You can go first. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Becky Bridger. I'm the director of um, this these pieces, and uh, my background. Um, I actually uh, started. In, I grew up in Kingston, and um, did theater kind of growing up and through high school. And then I ended up going to Queens University and then uh, for drama and uh, participated in the local community theater groups like Domino Theater and whatnot. And uh, then went on to do my master's in uh, our master of arts in drama at University of Toronto. Um, really focusing, going from being be more of an actor role to that of a director and then in, um, oh, what year was it? Oh, God, no. Uh, but the ra- last radio festival, <laughs> radio theater festival, um, I got the amazing opportunity to, to direct my first radio play. And it kind of um, was an amazing opportunity. And I was so excited to be back for uh, the second time doing uh, more uh, awesome creative work with uh, playing with actors in sound and um, that kind of uh, audio space. Awesome. And uh, before I move on to Billy, I'm just going to admit Douglas, who has just joined us in this Zoom call as well. Uh, As Douglas joins us, I also just want to mention I met Becky while we were working on the Fringe Festival, like 2016 or 2017, I think. And uh, I think we kind of like, you know, it's been really nice to work alongside you for these many years. I I really enjoy your work. and, And I think we've kind of like grown into these like new new kind of positions together it's been nice to to work alongside you yeah it's been a lot of fun and uh I think that we both have been doing some really fun creative product projects and it's uh so exciting to see how far we've come like how how is it already 2022 like it's crazy I know (laughs) so we have just been also joined by Douglas so Douglas right now we're just introducing ourselves here and uh talking a bit about our experience in theater in theater in Kingston and also on the show so I'm going to hand this over to Billy and then uh, you can go after Billy so Billy take it away hi uh my name is Billy uh sometimes I perform under the name Billy the Kid that's because most of my performance experience is in spoken word poetry. I was a good old slam poet back in the day, and I continued doing that for 
geez, probably since 2013 until currently. I'm actually off to Guelph this weekend for a show. Um, but in Kingston, this is 100% my first theater thing. I think the last time I did anything script related was in high school. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I am so excited to be a part of Soundcastle and radio theater seemed like a really fun transition from, I guess, the performance experience that I had into uh, something that was, I don't know, it feels like, you know, I can apply things that I know uh, to this medium. And especially in this play, I uh, I am adventurer extraordinaire Magellan Jones. <laughs> and she uh, she has a place in her heart for poetry, same as me, which I love. Oh, that's so beautiful, Billy. I can, I remember hearing you read for this part and all of us were like, oh boy. Oh boy, there she is, Magellan in the flesh and the voice. Yeah, it's been it's been lovely. All right, Douglas, handing it over to you. If you could introduce yourself, tell me a bit about your experiences in theater in Kingston and also uh, your role in this show. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Douglas Connors. Uh, I've been in Kingston now for about seven years. Um, I'm originally from Ottawa and got my uh, start over there and. Uh, various things. Uh, my background in arts started as a dance student, actually, uh, and I uh, had an injury where I busted my leg and that had to stop, so I still needed an audience. <laughs> Ham that I am. <laughs> um, so I moved to theater. Uh, in uh, Kingston, uh, my very first uh, play, uh, I happened to have the good fortune to host a charity, co-host a charity event uh, with uh, Matt Sultan. Uh, who uh, helps run the um, oh the Real Out uh, Queer Film Festival. Uh, and from that, he invited me to an audition because I didn't even know it was happening. Uh, and it was for, um, uh, and then there were none. It was an Agatha Christie thriller. And I got the role of Dr. Armstrong. Uh, so I had to lose my mind. <laughs> Which was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I find that uh, if you're playing... Uh, like there's different emotions that you can play, but fear is kind of hard to play without starting to look like a cartoon. So that was a that was a particularly interesting challenge. Uh, and then over the years, uh, just had more opportunities with various companies in the area with Bottle Tree and uh, Kingstown Players and uh, Studio Zero One Three. So that's always been fun. Uh, and uh, now it's uh, with this this type of thing. Uh, the voice acting came at a good time because you know the pandemic hit and you know my world stopped on a dime because <laughs> everything i do is with was, is with public and in a small setting if there are no conferences i do not work if there are <laughs> so uh, everything stopped on a dime so an opportunity to be able to do some voice acting uh because i had never done any before uh this was you know can you do it you never know. And it's uh, because I come from Ottawa. Ottawa is an animation capital and there's lots of voice work like that, but I never tapped into that. So it was something I always, you know, the, could I do a cartoon character? Could I do, right? And this came along. Um, and I really liked um, Soundcastle and, and Gadget uh, because I'm, I'm returning from the first one. I played Gadgets in the, in the first uh, episode as well. Um, is that uh, sometimes some of this uh, stage stuff I do is maybe a little more 
for grownups. Uh, and I have a niece and a nephew who are now eight and 13. Uh, so when I got to do the sound castle, it was, you know, because sometimes Uncle Douglas is not there for certain events because he's in rehearsal or on stage. And uh, this is what I do. So when I did this and when I had a chance to do Matilda, that was something that they could come and see. And uh, they, well, they, they really loved the first one and they're looking forward to two and three. So. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I've, I also got the pleasure of seeing your work, Douglas, in a show with the Isabel quite a few years ago, Box 4901, Rob yes. piece. So again, like similar to, I think all three of you, I have either admired from uh, up close or afar from quite a few years. So it's nice to see you all gathered. And it's nice to hear you talk about, you know, kids and, and stuff like this. And I'm, I'm sure Becky would agree about one of the best things about the two of you as an as actors and Francesca from the first time around is all of you did a great job of capturing the wonder without um, like kind of turning yourselves into too cartoonish of characters, right? It was a lot of childlike wonder. Um, and I think that's what makes the play really captivating. So let's shift a bit to talking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to add something? Uh, I keep on saying that I'm all of six on the inside. So yeah. <laughs> Somebody once asked me once, so when are you going to stop calling yourself Billy the kid? This was back in high school. And I was like, I'll always be a kid. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's it. That's the, that's yeah. yeah. Oh, great. But yeah. We're lucky in the festival this year. Um, joining these two pieces is another show, Garden of Edith, which is also similar to the Soundcastle, totally for kids, but also like lots of richness underneath for adults as well. And I really loved both of these pieces, especially hanging together like that. So let's shift a bit and talk about the play itself. So I emailed you all this challenge and you can take it up or change it if you want. And the challenge was to describe the Soundcastle series in an adjective, a verb and a noun. So you can choose all three or say heck to that and say something else instead. We'll start again with Billy, then Becky, and then Douglas. So go ahead, Billy. Adjective, verb, noun. Okay. I, I couldn't help myself. I had to use the, the word thrilling for my adjective. <laughs> There's so many points in the in the script where they're like, ah, yes, and the thrilling continuation. Um, and truly, I had chills the first time I read the scripts all the way through. Um, so I was like, I, I'm such a scaredy cat too. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> so that's my adjective, um, verb, I would say perform mostly just because I think truly Magellan is giving layers on layers of performances. And that's something I felt in this. Um, and now I'm going to go back to family. Um, I think to, uh, just it's two cousins hanging out and supporting each other and bringing their own family experiences, but also the way they connect. And I think that's really beautiful. And, you know, same as everyone else here, like I've got, I've got little cousins who I would love to, to share this with. Um, and I think it's beautiful to be able to do that. Oh, I love that. All right, Becky, how about you? Adjective, verb, and noun. All right, so I said enticing, delight, and elaborate. Ooh, labyrinth. Because we're going on this journey with them and, and we don't know where they're going and the twists and turns that they take. And um, that's kind of the exciting part. And I'm, I'm <laughs> I know you said that it's just so far a trilogy, but I'm really excited to see where Sarah takes it next. So um, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it was great because in our conversation with with Sarah, which I think will have aired right before this conversation, uh, she was saying, she's like, I think there's going to be 10, maybe, maybe there'll be more, maybe there won't be. And I love that because I love that even for the playwright, there's a lot of enticing still happening. Like the story is unfolding. And, and one of my favorite things about working with Sarah as a playwright is she has made like clay, the like clay. Yeah. Figurines. 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 Of all of the, right, of all of the characters, yeah. which like, oh my gosh, as a director, Becky, I'm sure that was like, what what a funny kind of gift that I'm not sure many directors would get to have access to. Yeah, um, um, when Sarah and I first met for the first Sound Castle, like the, the original, um, she sent me like this whole folder of all of her thoughts and tidbits and her photos and her clay creations and um, just her inspiration for the characters as well as where she, the ideas of where it could go and uh, it was so helpful and and uh, you know uh, I think that we've really worked as a team um, including with Jeremy and and our actors to create this this world that that you know started as an idea in her head and and uh, it's been a lot of fun that's for sure oh I love it I love it Douglas your turn adjective verb noun all right, so for my adjective, I chose enthralling. Uh, for my verb, I chose captivate. And for my noun, I chose quest. Ooh, juicy. Gotta love a quest. Yes, gotta love a quest. You know, and that one for me personally has levels, of course, uh, because there's the quest in the story. And then there was my personal quest to actually have an opportunity to do some voice work because this was my first ever voice work, the first one. And then there's the quest to find, you know, the right tone when you're doing voice acting because you do have your body, but you can't move too much because you got to stay where the mic is, right? So, like, so you know, it's like you're running, but you're not. <laughs> you know, you're falling, but you're not. You're, uh, you know, yeah, something's happening behind you, but you can't turn your head, right? So it's it's a little different where that where your um, the head that you the space that your head can move in is limited. Uh, like this, you have to make up for that with your mouth and with your vocal cords and, you know, with all that other stuff. And again, you know, without, you know, either trying to be over the top or, you know, cartoonish or, you know, laid it on too thick. Right. I love it. We need to make t-shirts, Douglas. Let's say ham that I am. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would take out shares. In that t-shirt. Uh, uh, I had a, um, in grade nine, my, my teacher challenged us to make a ham costume, like the scout thing. And my mom took him up on that challenge. And I came to school one day wearing the ham costume. Oh, I love it. There you go. We need to get one. for uh, Or shadowing. <laughs> That's it. So Douglas, you, you've talked about this a bit, but I wonder if you can elaborate. And then also I'll, I'll ask the same question to Becky and Billy, which is what attracted you to doing this project in the first place, right? You've talked about you know, really wanting to to seek out this opportunity to do something different. And I'm curious, like, what has changed about yourself as an actor through doing the voice work from the first time and and this time? What's what's changed? What have you learned about your acting practice through radio theater? Um, well, that's a really interesting question, because I've had an opportunity to do a few more things since. Uh, well, the, the voice work, there was a purely practical thing, because at the time where it hit, 
you know, COVID had hit and that's about the only acting that you could do. Um, so, and I still wanted to keep my chops fresh for, you know, when we would get to return to the stage. Um, it's also something I always had an interest in doing because, you know, you, you just see, when you see on the um, on the news when we watch entertainment tonight for example and they show clips with interviews of people who are doing voice work and you see them in the studio with you know how they're dressed and you know and you, it's just like wow i'd really like to try that you know it's the same thing as like you know i'd i'd really like to try and do like a big block like blockbuster like titanic i wonder what it would be to be in a big tank of water and like you know with helicopters going to make waves and you know big fans and you know and you know not very many of us get to do that right or to be on wires in front of a green screen fighting monsters you know so in uh radio theater you do get to do all that right because you don't have to pay for the set and you don't need millions of dollars right you just need a good soundscape uh and you can be characters that you can't be in real life like there's no way i could actually go audition for this if this were a play i'm pushing 50. <laughs> right there's, there's no way i'm going to be credibly cast as gadget in real life but in radio theater i can be i can be five i can be 80 i could be imaginary i can be right you can be absolutely anything so the things that you can do as an actor um it just opens up so many more worlds that you couldn't get into if you actually physically had to represent it oh totally and I, I'm really struck hearing you because, you know, the first time around, one of the things we talked about a lot was the fact that the radio theater was kind of, like you said, the only option during COVID. We could, the first time around when when we were in a, a more heightened lockdown, we recorded a lot of stuff remotely or in separate spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think- We even went outside for something on one of the shows. Right? Like, and, and right. I think that I, I really love to hear how something that started as a necessity also blossoms into something that offers you some, some new, some new insight. Right. And I think, I think this is part of the story of CFRC too, right? Like CFRC is a campus radio station, very accessible. A lot of folks that I know from Kingston who are DJs started at CFRC because they were like, I wonder if I could do this and then they try it and then they can. Right. Mm-hmm. So how about you? What do you think? What, what do you think, Billy? What what drew you to radio theater as a as a medium? Um, I would say huh, I've always liked radio, just like growing up as a kid, like, you know, one of the CBC kids growing up. Um, <clears throat> but specifically this opportunity uh, had like two separate draws. Like I've been following Sarah's work since she first attended one of like the, like the Queen's open mics back in, I don't know, 2017 or something like that. And so like, I saw her post about Soundcastle and I was like, wow, that's such a cool thing to do as a writer, like kind of jealous, but also really excited for her. And then <laughs> um, I tuned into the first Soundcastle like live and I remember just like loving it so much and um then for this coming festival uh one of my friends Haley who's the um the playwright for half past lunchtime um she was like Billy you should audition and I was like baby okay sure (laughs) and it was one of those things where I was like, wow, Magellan Jones would be such a cool role. But like, I mean, there's so many experienced actors here. So I'm just going to like, going to have fun with it. And then I got the role and I was like very floored and very, I don't know. Um, it was it was such a pleasure to to play this role and be a part of uh, this project since I've like 
been excited about it since I first saw like Sarah posting about it and like listening to it and then to like find myself into a role that I was like listening to on the radio it's like oh I'm doing what the celebrities are doing (laughs) (laughs) I love it oh I love it I didn't I didn't know that you had known about Sarah's work for a few years but obviously because she's a poet too right I love it Mm -hmm. How about you? How about you, Becky? What, what, again, Becky worked on this festival first time around and, you know, is joining us now as a director and an actor this season. Um, Yeah. yeah, What, why, why radio theater for you? So, um, well, I have a a family at home with very young children. So um, it's, and they're a little bit older now, but they're still young. (laughs) Um, So uh, the first time around, um, I had explored a little bit of radio drama when I was in university, but I hadn't really fully you know committed to doing a whole piece so uh when I saw the posting the first time I was like oh this is great it's get my feet wet you know um and I loved it so much and uh, you know I've been eagerly watching and waiting for the next festival to come around <laughs> just because I uh I just love the experience of creating something um in this sound world you know there is the convenience factor of being able to really make it flexible with my schedule with my children and my partner um but uh there's this added level of being able to create spaces that traditionally would be really hard to do in a theater um or very expensive to do in a theater right so um suddenly this whole world is open to you and uh, you face different challenges of course but um it's just really exciting and I think that uh I really personally I mean I'm biased now that I'm doing the pieces but uh Sarah's stories are just little adventures on their own but um they're part of these really deeper characters that are on this personal journey as well as this kind of you know wondrous journey and um yeah it's just I I love being able to explore in a space that allows you to kind of do the things you want to do without too much concern for budget. (laughs) Maybe Jeremy would have different ideas of being like, hey, Jeremy, I want you to make this sound now. Thanks. Go with it. (laughs) But uh, he's been awesome. So, yeah. I love it. But this was, again, this was one of the lessons the first time around we did a Spally workshop with Matt Rogalski and it was a hoot because Again, what but both you and Douglas were just talking about, about this ability to conjure up very expensive worlds, very complex worlds. Even Hollywood Folly is out here using pots and pans to be the sound design on films. And that was like a big realization to me. And and having worked in theater for almost 10 years now, I'm like, gosh, why aren't we doing more of that in in theater in general? We're like, why aren't we? I don't know. People are very creative, I think, with their ability to conjure up worlds. And I hope that we can take some of that sensibility back to the back to the stage. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think that um, the use of sound and and creating, you know, really interesting soundscapes is kind of my personal next step um, in in. I guess the next show I do, I know, nothing is on the books right now, but um, you know, you get the gears working and you're like, Oh, this is what we can do here. Let's, what can I take to this? And, and I don't know, that's just the joy of working in theater arts and, and really? yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to, to move on what Becky said, um, uh, I had an opportunity to direct a play for the very, very first time ever. 
uh, for Fringe this summer. Uh, and it was called R.E.D. And it's about a woman who's who's in space and wakes up and you know finds out that the rest of her crew is gone and nobody's coming from her. So it's very existential, but you're in space. So like, I was very conscious of sound, you know, uh, but I wanted an ambient sort of space sound all the time that would sound a little different when it was inside the ship and when she was outside the ship, uh, rather than just like no sound at all. I wanted to envelop the audience in some type of sound constantly to give them the sense that they were in space. And of course we have all the interactions with the robot, you know, and it malfunctions and so power goes out, the robot won't do anything or something and trying to pick the right ones. And so, I mean, it was just a 45 minute play because it's fringe, but we had 81 different sound cues. Yeah. Wow. So creating that world, you know, it made me very aware. And uh, when you were asking what it brings, what, what, so that I brought that to, to that experience. And then uh, at Christmas last year, I got a role in a play called My Three Angels, uh, where um, basically uh, the th- it, it's a comedy, but the three angels, two of them are, murderer, <laughs> two are murderers. And one person is, um, oh, how would you say, uh, a very smooth talking um, fraudster. <laughs> uh, and I got the role of the smooth, smooth talking fraudster and rather playing it a bit like a, a hardened criminal I decided to go for um, more of a vibe of merry maker of mischief yes. which so I brought a little bit of the kid and, like this guy's having way too much fun swindling people <laughs> oh I see I see, I see. So bring, bringing that, because Gadget's always goofing around a while, has a little joke or a little quip or a little, you know. So I figured, okay, how could I, you know, do something that's not expected with this role? So I was able to bring the kid in that. So love, that was kind of fun. I love thinking about that as an artist, about how, you know, like every project I've ever done informs the next one. And they're always, always overlapped like that. All right, so we only have a few minutes left and I want to kind of like gesture towards the future. And I want to ask you kind of like, what's what's next in the books for you by way of art making? And if there's nothing in the books, what do you want to do next? What are you really like excited about? I in I think Billy was a part of the talk back that we did with the half past lunchtime crew and Elizabeth was like, I want to act on stage more. And I was like, hello, listeners hire Elizabeth to act on your stages. So let's start with, um, let's start with Billy. Maybe Billy, you can tell us, like I said, either what's next for you or what, what are you really desiring to, to work on creatively next? Um, I definitely want to get my head back into uh, my artistic practice with spoken word again, um, especially uh, bringing in some more storytelling elements. I mean, that's normally my captivation of storytelling. Um, so I've got, you know, my first live show in like, I don't know how long coming up. Um, I mean, it will, this will have already passed by the time this airs, but this coming weekend, um, but an exciting thing coming up, uh, fingers crossed this spring is a little workshop series with the Agnes. Uh, so a little poetry storytelling series. So stay tuned for that if you're in Kingston. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe in the future I'd like to do another chapbook or something like that, but that's it for now. Cool. I love it. I would, I love those little series of the Agnes. That would be amazing. That's great programming. Great. And I would gladly voice act again. Yes. Gladly. 
All right, Becky, how about you? So you, you were mentioning nothing, nothing uh, on the books right now, but what do you want What do you want to do? Yeah, no, nothing's on the books right now. Currently I'm teaching. So that's kind of taking up a lot of my time, but um, I'm hoping to uh, get a project together to apply for the Kingston Fringe again, because I think I'm ready to tackle another Fringe show. Um, <laughs> so we'll see if we get drawn because, you know, it's all lottery fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to revisit. Uh, I did submit a script for this um, sound festival. So I want to revisit it and kind of revamp and, and go back through and, and work some more on writing um, sound specific pieces because you know yeah the bug is bit and I'm interested and I love it it, you know so I want to go back to that and kind of go through and and revisit it and you know make some changes and hopefully this goes again but uh, I think it's maybe every other year right so yeah so have some time (laughs) well it's interesting because I think the next thing that's on the books um, for shortwave is Dinah's working with actually Henry Mortensen and bottle tree and talking about all of our stuff with kids They're I think they're doing like a youth camp or a youth um, kind of training thing with bottle tree and radio. So I think that's shortwaves next endeavor, but I think, I think that CFRC and we'll, we'll keep doing something like this. It really, I think it's really vital. I think it brings something nice to the, the yeah. arts ecology. Mm-hmm. How about, how about you, Douglas? What's what's next, or what do you really want to do next? Um, what's next are, are just small little projects. I've uh, I was really, really, really busy between January and August this year uh, that I needed to take a breath or two. Um, so uh, I have a, a couple of murder mystery things that are kind of fun because that uh, helps me. Um, improv is probably where I'm weakest, actually, so that gives me a chance to work on that a little bit. For some reason, I'm not very good at coming up with the original idea, but if somebody says something, I'm very good with running with it. So uh, uh, this murder mystery theater company has a bunch of people that are just out there, (laughs) that they're really good with being out there because the characters are a little broader, right? So there's a little more physical comedy, a little more slapstick there. You could, you do lay it on a little, a little more thick, right? There's a style of acting for that type of thing. Um, So uh, it gives me a chance to play a little bit. Uh, I did uh, the one act theater festival for Domino Theater earlier this year uh, and the play I was in one. So we're going to EODL. Eastern Ontario Drama League uh, to present it there. So that's coming up. Uh, I've got a couple of offers from thing, for things from people I've worked with before that have like no set date yet, but sort of like hold it because we want you for that, which is kind of always flattering when you don't have to audition for something. People just say, I worked with you before and I want to work with you again. So yeah, just yeah. like set some time aside. I think that's probably the ultimate compliment that you can get as an actor uh, from your own peers. Um, I'm definitely want to do more voice voice work in terms of voice acting, but I wouldn't also mind like narration or maybe again, try to like cartoon characters because then they can do things with their voice that that you wouldn't do in, if you're playing a human. Right, 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 right. right. Um, uh, And I, uh, I do have a a, a podcast uh, that I, uh, that I operate uh, that we, try to present information with a little bit of sass. So I'd like to maybe try and incorporate maybe a little, some like maybe a little bit of skit writing 
kind of little sketches instead, you know, uh, nice. not like whole plays, but like, like just, you know, like, um, I don't know if you know Brittle Star. He does these things on YouTube. These, these little videos his they're mostly like political but sometimes they're just three minutes sometimes they're four but he takes on a little character or like he does like a fake advertisement for something or but you get to, so just like you know can you is there an opportunity to throw one in like this so for example when the when the queen passed away uh i had a friend of mine that put on a british accent and we introduced percival to talk to talk about that section of the news oh right, right. Okay, right so right. so yeah just just to you know do something a little different. And if there's one thing I would like to try that I haven't yet, uh, because I'm a dancer still in my soul, even though I can't really do much of it, I wouldn't mind trying to choreograph something at some point. Oh, nice. Yes. Maybe not like a, a like a big musical where people are putting a lot of money in yet because I don't know if I can do it. But if there was something like a beginner project, somebody, somebody was doing something for the first time and willing to take a chance on somebody for the first time, on doing that. I think that would be fun. Oh, I love that. I love to hear it. That's a good compliment to, you know, sound, sound and dance. They go well together. Yeah, they do. Well, I see when I hear sound, I actually see movement, right? If I'm listening to a song, I close my eyes like this. I, I see movement. I see people dancing no matter what it is. So yeah, you're right. They do go together. Nice. Well, that is uh, our talk back series for tonight. Thank you so much. It was lovely catching up with the three of you and learning a bit more about what you're doing and, and why you're doing it and what's next for you. So uh, another big uh, heartfelt thank you to Douglas and Billy and Becky for joining me today and also for all of your work on the festival. So uh, I hope you all have a great, uh, great rest of your night. This was the another episode of the Shortwave Radio Theater Festival pod podcast talk back talk back podcast series uh uh, thanks so much for joining us thanks so much this november we're bringing back the shortwave radio theater festival from november 1st to 6th enjoy a week of free radio theater programming on air and online want to know more about the artists we're featuring in this week-long free festival of radio drama Take a tour of the good folks making this festival happen at shortwavetheater.com slash theartists. CFRC's annual funding drive is now underway. Pay it forward with CFRC this year and help us build a new accessible website, support station operations, and fund a free radio theater camp for Kingston youth next summer. Every dollar counts. Donate today at cfrc.ca. That's all locked up tight now, as it should be. Uh, hi there, Jody. Oh, hi, Sam. Well, everything's all safe down here. Let's go upstairs. Can you hand with him? Is it too heavy? No, no, I can manage fine. Thank you. <laughs> well, run away to the children's department once again. Okay, it's clear. Customers have all gone home now. Focus, focus. <laughs>
smoke fills the air with a scent that sets Roderick humming to himself as he gets his motorboat ready. There's something in the air, and the hamster has a queer feeling of excitement he can't explain. Roddy, why do I feel like Rodded? Hmm? Well, it's uh, something to do with the weather, my friend. Um, it happens every year about this time. 
the hamster listens very attentively as Roderick tries to explain the change in the seasons to him. But he still wants to know why he feels as he feels. Roderick can't answer him. In fact, he'd often wondered the same thing himself. Um, why don't we visit Wise Old Frog? If anyone can give us an answer, he can. Roderick pretends not to notice what a mess Hammy's made. And then, almost before another leaf touches the water, they're on their way. Downstream, the wise old frog is waiting for them, for he knows that the animals always come to ask about the weather at this time of the year. Hammy greets him affectionately. Hello. Oh, oh I hope I didn't hurt you, Mr. Frog. <laughs> yeah, the little fellow gets a bit excited, you know. The frog welcomes his two guests and asks what he can do for them. Hammy and Roderick both begin at once with a string of questions, and it's all wise old Frog can do to keep up with the answers. Uh, but, Mr. Frog, why is it I feel like running? Hmm? Uh, that's easily explained. You see, at this time of the year, the weather begins to turn chilly, and all animals have to run to keep warm. So you see, you're not the only one, Mr. Hamster. Hammy thinks that this is a wonderful explanation and asks Roderick if they might go for a walk through the woods and perhaps see some of the other animals running. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kind regards to all. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, this change in the weather makes everyone feel like running except the motor on the little boat. It's not going at all well. Roderick decides to give it a well-earned rest. The rat shakes himself from his daydream and leaps ashore to follow his friend. But Hammy skips through the woods as only a hamster can skip. Roderick stops now and then to talk to various creatures of the forest. Oh, good morning, toadstools. You look to be in fine fettle. We're expecting to be covered up by our blanket of leaves any day now. See you in the spring, Mr. Rat. Oh, hello, Hornets. How are you today? Hmm? I can see you. Mm, sorry, we can't stop to chat, but we must get our house stocked up for the winter.
the dandelions sing out an invitation for the hamster to fly away with them. I hope I don't get blown away like that. Well, it seems as if the wise old frog is right again. Everyone in the forest is running. Hammy doesn't know why the leaves are falling from the trees, but thinks it best not to ask and just try not to step on too many, lest he hurt them. Mr. Spider is busy wrapping up his web for the season, but pauses long enough to say hello and to wish Hammy well for the winter. Goodness me, there are a lot of leaves. Oh, dear, there's one that's lost. Poor thing. There are so many things to see and so much to do. The hamster's so excited and the leaves all seem to be falling on him. Oh! all the fuss about, hmm? Yeah. Jumping grasshoppers, a pile of moving leaves, what next? Help! Oh! I say, Hammy, really. <laughs> what a commotion. And Hammy, sorry to have caused such a disturbance, crawls back under the leaves. That afternoon, guinea pig appears on the scene. The two friends watch him as though they're both glued to the side of the road as guinea pig hurtles down on them and screeches to a halt. Well, fellows, you've wandered a little far from home, haven't you, hmm? Well, yes, we have. Well, yes, we have. And the animals greet each other and exchange views on the state of the weather and its suitability for such activities as walking through the woods. Then the guinea pig suggests that perhaps he could give them a ride back home in his car. Hammy accepts immediately, but Roddy hesitates. Oh, what a fuss again. Now what's the matter? I don't know. Some people. Yeah. Mm. Uh, look, old man, can I have a private word with you? Do you mind? 
Oh, dear. And Hammy feels rather left out of the conversation until Roddy turns to him and says, All right, Mr. Hamster, let's go. Hammy has a terrible job trying to get into the car. He's so excited. Eh, eh, what a fuss. Eh, eh, all for a motor car ride. Oh, please, could we start, Mr. Guinea Pig? Please, could we start? Fredo, not fond of this. Oh, dear me, I wish they'd go. And away they go. Hey ho for the open road. That's right, the open road. Uh, don't forget, you promised, you know, not too fast. The hamster's having the time of his life. Faster, giddy, faster. Guinea, please, not so fast. needs no urging. He's filled with the excitement of the chase and he drives like a guinea pig possessed. Now, that's what I call a good run. Well, it affects us all in different ways, my friend. Oh, isn't it a wonderful time of the year?